I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the Power 365 show. Today we're chatting with the general manager of Power BI, Arun Ulag. So this is a very interesting conversation where we we kind of drill into a bit of the history of where Power BI has come from and it's very short four years, but it's you know ultimately market domination in the cloud BI space. And kind of we also look at where things are going and, and what can partners do now? What can you know if you're thinking of using PI in your business, what can you know what steps can you take now? And as well as uh, we talk about the role of the consultant and, and community engagement from a Power BI perspective. Full show notes can be found at nz365guide.com. Now, let's get on with the show. Arun, welcome to the Power 365 show. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Very excited to be here. It's good to have you on the show and to talk about all things Power BI. But uh, before we get underway and, and, and talk about the details there, like to get to know you a bit. Can you tell me more about your personal journey into IT so far? Sure. Um, it really started when I was, I guess, in um, in high school. My dad bought a PS2 computer and somebody lent me a book on Visual Basic. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, that's how I got started. That was uh, I just fell in love with programming and Basic was was awesome to um, you know to get to know how to uh, how, how to get started with software. Okay. Okay. So so. Have you always been in Seattle or, or, or where do you, uh, is that where you reside actually? I just assumed that you'd be working at, uh, in Redmond or, so where are you based? Yes, uh, I am based in Seattle. Um, so it's, it's actually Bellevue, which is uh, about 20 miles from Seattle. Um, I, you know, I moved, I grew up in India, moved to the U.S. about uh, in 1995. Um, so it's been a while, but I've been, I've lived in the Bay Area and then for the last uh, 15 or so years in, in Seattle. Wow. Wow. And originally, where did you come from? Uh, from uh, Chennai in India. So it's uh, okay. it's on the southeastern coast. Mm, very good. Very good. And when you're not working, kind of what do you pass your time with? Uh, we have two boys at home and uh, okay. the youngest is 18 months old. So guess where all my free time goes? Yeah, I bet. I bet. Do, do, you, do you ever get back to Chennai? I do occasionally. You know, my folks still live there, so about a year every twelve to eighteen months or so, we we head back to spend some time with them. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I, I assume. I mean, you know, I've been out of New Zealand now for I think eight years, but uh, I definitely miss you know not not uh, having the family etc. around all the time. Yeah, especially nice when you go in December and it's cold and rainy in Seattle and it's warm and sunny back in yeah. Chennai. So, okay. so, so true. <laughs> so true. So what was your journey into Microsoft? 
You know, um, I interviewed with Microsoft in 1995. I had, had an offer to join as a software developer, I think, the Excel team at that point. But at that point, I was so excited about starting my own company. So I said no, and I went and you know, joined a small startup. And a few months later, I started my own software company. Um, but, you know, I did that for about six years. Um, you know, we were, um, uh, you know, we were 50, 60 employees by the time I sold it. And then I went to business school and I thought, you know, Microsoft, they could teach me a thing or two. So I decided to join, uh, to come over here. And that was back in 2003. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's interesting because my timeline is, is similar with 2003 being the year that Dynamics was launched. And that's kind of been my product of choice for the last um, what is it, about 16, 15, 16 odd years now. So that gives me some perspective of how long you've been in there. Tell us about the Power BI history. You know, um, it, tell me about, you know, if you like the timeframes that it's come about, you know, the acceleration in market and how it, it moved to, you know, pole position over its competitors so quickly. Sure. Um, so Power BI version 1.0 launched, you know, I think sometime in 2014. And most people don't remember it because, uh, you know, it really did not get uh, a lot of traction because it required customers to have a bunch of things. You needed to have Excel to author it. You needed to have a SharePoint online subscription. It was really, really complicated. Um, so when Power BI, uh, as we know and love it today, uh, it launched in July 2015, it was radically different. It was, um, you know, those were the days in which BI software uh, you know, solutions were mostly on-premise. Power BI came out with a completely SaaS, you know, cloud-first SaaS service. Um, it also came with a very, very disruptive economic model, um, you know, one where the authoring experience, Power BI desktop, was completely free. Uh, and the intent was to not, you know, to make it possible for everybody to be able to experience what Power BI can do for them. And, uh, you know, the service the, where you consume um, Power BI content was priced at 10 bucks per user per month, which was, again, radical for the industry. Um, and what was also very, very um, effective was the fact that Power BI was intensely focused on what our customers want best to do. Um, so right from day one, we started off with ideas.powerbi.com, where literally anybody who cared about Power BI could tell us what they really wanted us to go do and vote for those features. And, you know, we kept at it. So we shipped new features in the service every single week. Uh, we shipped a new version of Power BI desktop every single month. And guess what? You know, customers love it. They loved it. The community loved it. And they really, really got um, into a very positive, collaborative um, cycle with Microsoft. So um, since um, then, over the last few four years, um, Power BI just became four years old, maybe two weeks ago. Um, you know, it's, it's been on a tear. It's just been an incredible journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so during that period, you know, you set this cadence, this weekly cadence. Have you seen that effect now affect other software divisions within Microsoft? Because you kind of set up quite a high bar, right? Yeah, it's true. Because Microsoft uh, overall has been, um, you know, going through a journey under, you know, Satya Nadella. And, you know, some of the things that Power BI um, really, really uh, exemplified as a new Microsoft is this high-velocity execution, you know, uh, really making sure that we don't take months or, you know, or quarters or potentially years to get features out to really make sure that we have 
uh, a steady update of, um, of, of capabilities. And that really gets customers excited because, you know, when you go in and submit an idea on ideas.parvia.com, if you had to wait for 6, 12, 18 months for Microsoft to do something about it, you're not going to be terribly motivated. But this feedback cycle is something that, um, you know, Parvia, I think, was one of the first, if not the first product in Microsoft to adopt. And now, you know, many other products do it. Um, I have Power Apps does it, Power, you know, Microsoft Flow does it, many other pro products in Microsoft do it. So it, it was very, very innovative and we started, and now I think um, more and more teams in Microsoft follow a similar, you know, uh, process. Yeah, you, you definitely set a high standard. D have you noticed now that over time, if you like, um, how would I say, like, so you'd you'd have been very innovative, you know, through as you ramped up and took the product up to a point. Um, at what point did you then start going? Um, if you like, the feature ads started to taper off, or are you still at the same velocity of? adding features and functionality? You know, we've kept at it, Mark, believe it or not. So, you know, I uh, at our customer conference a couple of months ago, I shared uh, a couple of slides that showed all the features month by month by month we shipped in all of 2018. And it was, you know, I couldn't fit it on two slides, and this was very, very small font. Um, so we've kept at it. Um, so even now, if you go to uh, our blog on parvia.com, you will just see week after week where we ship new capabilities. And, you know, some are bigger than others. In some cases, these are small features that customers are asking for. In other cases, there are big improvements to Power BI. Uh, but the fact that we keep at it and we make sure that, that um, you know, that innovation cycle continues at that velocity is something that customers are very, very excited about. Wow, so good. Can can you share some numbers around Power BI, you know, uh, market share or user base and and kind of what trends are you seeing around the from a growth perspective? Sure. Um, you know, Power BI is, um, uh, we think, uh, right now the world's largest, uh, you know, BI cloud service by, you know, something like two orders of magnitude. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at the amount of uh, data that Power BI, uh, you know, customers ingest into Power BI uh, every month, it's something like 20 petabytes of data. Wow. You know, Power BI runs about 30 million reports and dashboards, and it typically processes about 12 million queries per hour. Um, so it's a very, very large scale, massive cloud service. Uh, what's also interesting is if you want, you know, it's hard to get uh, publicly verifiable usage stats, but one of the things that I love to look at is Power BI Mobile. You know, Power BI Mobile is available on, you know, Apple's iOS store as well as, uh, you know, uh, Google Play. And if you just open up your iPhone or your Android device and you look at Power BI Mobile and, you know, and you'll notice that it's 4.7 on both of these stores. So we've paid a lot of attention to the product. But if you just look at the number of reviews that Power BI Mobile has, and if you compare them to any other BI product on the store, you'll find something like Power BI Mobile alone has 50 times as many reviews as all of the other BI products combined, right? So it just gives you a sense of the scale. And it's, you know, the growth curve for Power BI has really been, you know, pretty exponential. So we're very, very excited about the customer traction. What do you see as the areas then to push into, you know, as in you've seen this massive growth, um, biggest cloud by a factor of two when it comes to BI story, what 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 do you see as kind of either the blue ocean opportunity out there or the white space um, that you can still address? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so you know, one of the things that we've um, seen with customers is because Power BI really is so easy to get started with. You just download Power BI Desktop. You know, um, five seconds to sign up, five minutes to get some real business value. We see very very widespread uh, adoption of Power BI. So we just. Um, you know, uh, recently announced that um, over 95% of the Fortune 500 companies today use Power BI in some way, shape, or form, 
right? So in some cases, it's, you know, big enterprise-wide deployments. In other cases, it's a department of two that's already gotten started. Um, but to your point, um, you know, one of the trends that's been really interesting is while overall Power BI has been growing very quickly, the growth of Power BI within large enterprise accounts, you know, large deployments, um, often um, driven by central IT teams or central BI teams, has been growing even more quickly. So large enterprise deployments of Power BI has been up by something like 600% over the last 12 months. And you know, in many cases, that's because Power BI, even though it's only a four-year-old product, has been built with a lot of the technologies and IP that Microsoft has created over you know more than a decade and a half with SQL Server analysis services and SQL Server reporting services. So this is something that you know uh, business, businesses, IT um, database um, professionals know and love, and they're very very familiar with it. So they're able to bring their skills to Power BI, and they're able to create this. Um, you know, uh, get started very quickly and create these large uh, scalable systems. So, so four years to go to this, you know, to the market leader in this space. What do you reckon has driven the momentum around uh, customer adoption of the technology? You know, I think it's um, uh, it's first is the fact that it's so accessible. You know, so really uh, helping customers get started very quickly, putting literally zero barriers to um, to a customer being able to experience the value of Power BI. You know, Power BI Desktop is the authoring environment where you know you connect to over a hundred different data sources. You you know do some sophisticated data transformations. Uh, I think we support something like three hundred and fifty different types of data transformations, and you build these beautiful reports that um, that you can put in front of your business users. And typically, the market price point for you know uh, for desktop was something like for an authoring environment was something like you know thousand to two thousand dollars per license. And here, um, you know, Power BI Desktop, which PC Magazine, you know, um, uh, ha, what, you know, gave its editor's choice award for two years in a row, is completely free. And um, which means that, you know, everybody can get started. Everybody can just try it out and see if Power BI is right for them. So it's created this groundswell of people who, you know, know Excel, for example. And a lot of the uh, concepts in Power BI Desktop, a lot of the um, uh, technologies are shared between Power BI Desktop and Excel. So the get data experience is driven by Power Query, which is exactly the get data experience in Excel. Um, if you look at uh, the formula language, it's called DAX, Data Analysis Expressions, which is exactly what you use in Excel to build Power Pivot models. Um, so if you, you know, we're even moving to the same Office ribbon. You know, it's not just doesn't look like the Office ribbon. It is the Office ribbon in Power BI Desktop. So it, I think the fact that uh, Desktop is completely free, the fact that it is the leading tool by, you know, by independent folks such as PC Magazine, and the uh, fact that it's very, very familiar to people in Excel has created this massive community of folks that love, um, you know, uh, Power BI Desktop. And then that's brought them, uh, you know, given them the ability to create content. And when you create interesting reports and dashboards, well, guess what you want to do? You want to share them with your business colleagues, right? You want to make sure that they get from their insights. So, they are, you know, we've really designed Power BI for it to be, you know, very um, self-service, very democratic, very collaborative. And, you know, uh, one of the things that we've done a really... Um, uh, put a lot of focus on is our integration into Office 365 because you know the insights that uh, you know you hold for yourself are not as valuable as the insights that you share with your team, 
right? So we really wanted to make sure that BI is a collaborative experience. So we've done a lot of integration into SharePoint, a lot of integration into Excel, a lot of integration into Teams, so that you can use Power BI as part of the collaborative experiences. So you allow people to you know get in very quickly because they're familiar with Excel, they can author these reports, and you allow them to share these reports and dashboards and collaborate with their colleagues around the organization with the office. And that's really been a very powerful combination. So, 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 tell me a bit about the core pillars that that drive your vision at this point. Yeah, it's it's a good question. So, um, there's uh, five areas that um, that we look at when we uh, look at the you know uh, uh, investments in Power BI, and all of this uh, is around helping customers drive a data culture. Um, so, for us, a data culture is about helping every simple single employee in your organization make better decisions based on data. You know, where facts replace opinions, what you know matters more than who you know. And that is really, really empowering because, you know, it's about putting power in the hands of people who can add the most value. So to make that possible, to help customers drive a data culture, there's five areas we're investing in. The first, which we talked about, is um, self-service BI and collaboration through Office 365. Right. Um, the second is about unifying, you know, self-service BI and enterprise BI. And this is an interesting um, problem that customers have because, you know, most enterprise customers have, you know, half a dozen, sometimes a dozen BI tools. And this results in a lot of fragmentation. And fragmentation is poisonous to a data culture because you have silos within your organization that all that have different views on, you know, on, on the data, on the analytics, which makes it very hard for a company to be on the same page. So uh, one of the areas that um, Microsoft has been leading is the fact that we have a strong presence in self-service BI with Power BI and a strong presence in enterprise BI with SQL Server Analysis Services and SQL Server Reporting Services. So we're unifying both, um, bringing all of the power of analysis services and reporting services directly in Power BI. So customers don't need to you know, make a choice about having a self-service BI product or um, you know, an enterprise BI product and have these worlds be spread apart. So that's the second area. Um, the third area is, um, you know, helping customers um, with um, big data analytics by doing a really tight integration with Azure data services. You know, things like Azure SQL Data Warehouse, Azure Data Factory, et cetera. And this is important because, um, you know, one of the tenants of Power BI is we will work with data wherever it is. So we have something like 110 connectors that ship out of the box. However, when customers build systems, they have not just the visualization layer, but they have the data warehousing layer. They have the data lake layer. So we've done a lot of work with our colleagues in the Azure team to integrate Power BI with the Azure data stack so that customers have less things to wire up, less things to manage, less things to monitor. So that's the third area of innovation. The fourth area of innovation for us is on artificial intelligence. With just the sheer amount of data out there, with the fact that you know data could be structured and structured, pictures, voice, video, etc., it's really hard to get analytics if it has to be done the old way. So we are fortunate at Microsoft because we have a lot of innovation on the AI front that Microsoft has invested in. So we're bringing a lot of those AI capabilities and democratizing them so that every BI user has access to it. So. And that's about making AI pervasive in Power BI. And the fifth pillar for us is about, you know, going from insight to action and to automation. And that's all about the Power Platform. So Power BI is, you know, uh, part of the Power Platform, which is Power BI, Power BI for insights, Power Apps, so that you can act on those insights, and Microsoft Flow, so you can, you know, automate your business processes. And all of these are focused on citizen developers. You don't know to, need to be a programmer, but they all are designed to work together. So you can go from insight to action to automation in a tight feedback loop.
I like that insight to action to automation. That's exactly yeah. right. And it really resonates with customers because, you know, insights are super powerful. You do want to yeah. put them into action. Yeah, so true. So true. So let's talk a bit about the data story. How, how are you creating a unified experience for customers when it comes to working, you know, with their data sets or even external data sets for that matter? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So we've made some important investments in um, two areas of Power BI. One is about what we refer to as enterprise semantic models. Um, and let me give you an example. In Microsoft uh, today, we have something called a KPI lake, right? And that runs within you know, Microsoft. And you know, uh, it, it connects data from about 60 different data sources. It has tens of billions of rows of data in it. It has complex business logic, you know, so it defines about 2,200 KPIs that Microsoft uses to run our sales organization. Things like variance to budget, things like year-over-year -year growth, things like currency conversions, you know, um, things like gap to forecast. So this is how we run our business. These are the KPIs that allow our sales leaders and our sales professionals to stay on top of their numbers. Now, the KPI lake is a large enterprise semantic model that runs in Power BI. Now, to make it possible, we've made a number of investments. One is we're allowing customers to, you know, certify these data sets. So IT certifies the KTPLA as the official sources of truth in Microsoft, and which means that, you know, we have about, um, you know, about 20,000 salespeople who, um, and sales leaders who use data from the KPLA on a daily basis. Now, when their business analysts connect into Power BI, they can find the KPI. They can see that it's a certified data set, right? So they know when they're using it, they, you know, they're using a single source of truth. The second is it's been um, important for us to be truly open. Um, so, um, you know, the KPI lake, which is an enterprise semantic model that used to run in things like analysis services, now runs in Power BI. Not only can you connect to it from Power BI to build your reports, but you can connect to it from itself, right? So... Excel, you know, will, will honor all of the security in it, the role-level security. Uh, it can benefit from the KPIs and calculations, and you can create pivot tables and match it up and do all sorts of ad hoc analysis in Excel if that's your tool of choice. But not only have we supported Excel, but we've gone even further. We have added something called XMLA, um, XMLA support, which is XML for analytics, and that's an open protocol that Microsoft um, introduced something like 15 years ago. And that's how every tool and uh, every BI product on the planet connects to analysis services. By adding XMLA into Power BI, Power BI now looks like an analysis services cube for you know, pretty much every other BI product, which already knows how to talk to AS. So if you uh, build these uh, enterprise semantic models in Power BI, now you can connect them with not just your Power BI users and your Excel users, but even pockets of your organization that, be using, that may be using you know, competitive BI tools. And by really opening up Power BI and making it, um, uh, making it accessible from your BI tool of choice, even if for customers who've standardized on Power BI, that really you know, makes it easy for customers to be able to say, hey, uh, I can go with a single unified product and then you know, support even the pockets of users that may be on alternatives. And we took that step because we really, really wanted to make sure that customers can standardize on Power BI. So, so, so how do customers drive a data culture? As in, you know, where, let's say they traditionally haven't. What do you see kind of successful customers do that really do drive a culture around data? Yeah, I think it's a good question. There's two aspects to it. Um, one is just in enabling, you know, viral self-service adoption. You know, it, uh, it, let me give an example. In Microsoft, we have something like about 120,000 employees. 
Um, every month, I mean, as, uh, we have about 110,000 employees that use Power BI, right? So really, really, almost pretty much every single employee in the company uses Power BI. Um, we also have something like about 30 to 40,000 of our employees that author Power BI content using Power BI Desktop. So in many ways, Power BI Desktop is kind of becoming like PowerPoint for data. Right. Now, the way uh, we support end um, uh, users is one is we enable viral self-service adoption by, you know, um, conducting training, by uh, enabling user groups, by having them participate in, you know, local, um, uh, you know, ask me anything sessions. Uh, we have something like dashboard in a day trainings where people can go in and spend a day and then learn Power BI end to end. So we've been doing these things to drive viral self-service adoption. So that's one pillar. The second pillar is. Um, IT and business unit IT has also been getting involved. And this we think about this as discipline at the center and flexibility at the core, right? So discipline at the center comes from the defining these, you know, certified data sets, defining the single source of truth, you know, making them accessible in Power BI so that, you know, when people connect to it, they know that they're working with that, um, uh, with the right data. So we do both. We do both centralized, you know, deployment so that standardized reporting is available in Power BI, but we also do uh, a lot to encourage self-service uh, adoption. Mm-hmm. So, so while I come back to this uh, question again, is around how is, is the resonation with customers purely because it's been self-service driven, do you think? Uh, it's, uh, that's been a huge part of it for sure. Um, but it's also been the fact that, you know, um, IT feels comfortable with Power BI because they see that it supports, you know, all the capabilities that they've been used to with uh, for governance, for application lifecycle management, um, for security, which is, uh, you know, which is a huge deal, uh, especially, you know, in the cloud. So it's, it's both, uh, you know, meeting the needs of end users um, for self-service, but also meeting the needs of IT and bringing a lot of the capabilities of SQL Server into Power BI to make that possible. And what about then in the enterprise space, this unifying self-service? What, what trends are you seeing there? Um, so that one of the things that we've been uh, focused on is uh, bringing a lot of our operational reporting capabilities directly into Power BI. And, and let me just share a little bit about operational reports. So, you know, um, in Power BI, you get these beautiful you know, self-service reports that you can slice and dice and get exactly what you want. However, there are many cases in which you want, you know, a perfectly formatted multi-page pixel-perfect report that you can send to your printer that has precisely formatted headers and footers. You know, this is the kind of uh, reports that, um, you know, you want delivered in your mailbox at you know, 9 a.m. in the morning. It might have a list of opportunities you need to focus on that day, etc. And this has been, you know, really where SQL Server reporting services has, um, uh, has uh, really, um, you know, been very, very impactful for customers. So we refer to these types of reports as paginated reports because they're multi-page, pixel-perfect, you know, you can export them to Excel, the formatting is preserved, etc. And so what we've done is we've integrated um, the, the same technology uh, for these paginated reports that's in SQL Server reporting services into Power BI. So you no longer need to fragment your self-service BI with your enterprise BI, your, you know, uh, interactive reports with your paginated reports. All of them uh, converge into a single Power BI infrastructure. All of them are discoverable. All of them are governed the same way. All of them share the same permissions model. All of them can connect to the same certified data sets. So this is really, really powerful because it allows you to unify your self-service BI with your enterprise BI, you know, what mm-hmm. IT drives with what your end users drive. Wow, wow. Uh, as in, I can see the value in a lot of the corporations I've worked in. That would be that's definitely something that was being requested. So fantastic. What about what about connectivity? You talked about 110 connectors. 
um, what, you know, from an on-premise point of view, as well as uh, uh, the connectors that are out there, what are the key ones that have been adopted and used? Um, and, and what's your vision for the future when it comes to connectors? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so from day one, we've taken an open platform connectivity very, very seriously. Um, so we have a very wide range of connectors, both um, to cloud-based data sources, you know, um, as well as on-premise data sources. So in the cloud, we have connectors to pretty much every Azure service. And you'd expect that at Microsoft, so check, we've definitely done that. But we've gone further. So whether you're connecting to Salesforce, whether you're connecting to um, Google Analytics, whether you're connecting to uh, any of the SaaS providers out there, you will find a connector that's available in Power BI, and it's just part of the product experience. We also have very strong connectivity back to on-premises, and this is where our data integration gateway, which is part of the Power BI suite, it's just included in your Power BI product, it's not something extra that you need to buy, uh, but that's part of um, uh, your connectivity experience. So you can, can install the, the data integration gateway and connect back to data sources on-prem. So things like, you know, if you have your SAP instance running on-prem, um, great, you can just connect to it directly from um, through the data integration gateway. And lastly, we've opened up a connectivity framework. So today, um, every month, you know, everywhere we have new connectors that are published. Some of them are built by Microsoft, but many of them are built by you know uh, ISVs out there because they see their customers rapidly adopting Power BI. So there's a lot of demand, and by creating an open connectivity platform, we enable them to help themselves. You know, we're we're no longer the only company that makes connectors for Power BI. Many other software men do and that all of that accrues to the power BI ecosystem as well mm -mm -mm. so you know I'm, I'm a big fan of common data service uh, cds coming from that kind of background tell me you know the power platform one of its core pillars is power bi and and how did that kind of come about like i understand the logic of you know you need reporting uh analysis insights that type of thing but like, what was the decisioning-making process around it being a core pillar with the Power Platform and and therefore integrated with CDS? You know, it's um, it's something that was uh, thought of from day one. Um, so this, you know, from the early stages as we thought about Power Apps, we followed a lot of the patterns that we had established with Power BI. You know, the focus on citizen developers, the focus on open platform connectivity, a cloud-first SaaS experience, you know, deeply integrated into Office 365, leveraging the Azure stack. So all of these principles are, are common between, um, you know, Power BI, Power Apps, and Microsoft Flow. So these three products are not three different products that happen to work, work together. These three products are products that are built together, they're engineered together, they're designed to work together. Um, you know, I built Power BI, my colleague Charles Lamanna, who I I know has also been on your show, both Power Apps and Flow. And, um, and from, so not only do we share all of these um, core tenants, we also do a lot of integration between the products. So, you know, if you're in your Power BI report and you want to take some action right there, you know, wouldn't it be great if you could just do write back within your Power BI report? You know, and we don't have to invent that in Power BI because Power Apps allows you to build all kinds of applications that have you know hundreds of connectors. So you could build a Power App and you could embed that directly in your Power BI report to, for a single unified experience. And you know the Power BI elements of the report interact with the Power App elements of the report, so that to the end user it doesn't feel like something is you know, munged in, it actually feels like an integrated experience. You can go the other way around. You can integrate Power BI, um, you know, uh, reports or dashboards into Power Apps so that you can bring the analytics into your application. Um, you can take... Um, 
you know, have alerts in Power BI and trigger flow actions and flow. So you can say, hey, if this KPI turns red, to trigger this business process, you know, and you can author the business process in Microsoft Flow, so you can it can be pretty sophisticated in terms of the things that it can do. So it really has been, you know, engineered together from day one, so that customers, you know, don't have to um, do the wiring themselves. These feel like an integrated set of experiences. Yeah, yeah. For a long time, um, in in the Dynamics world, we talked about structured data and unstructured data. So we'd say, you know, for unstructured data, we'd we'd recommend using SharePoint. For structured data, we would use um, the, the model-driven, what we call now the CDS environment as such. What's your view from, you know, I can understand analysis, et cetera, on structured data. What about Power BI when it comes to unstructured data? Yeah, it's a really good question. And this is an area that, um, you know, has been growing very, very quickly because, you know, people have all kinds of text. They have reviews posted on Yelp. They have, you know, pictures that they post on social media. They have, uh, you know, voice, um, you know, that they have, that, that needs to be transcribed and analyzed. They have video that can be analyzed. So this is an area where if you look at the growth of uh, unstructured data, it far outstrips the growth of structured data. And so, and all of this creates really interesting digital signal about the things that the cust- our customers care about the most, which is their customers, their you know, products, their people, their operations. So one of the things that we've really benefited from is the investments that Microsoft has made in artificial intelligence. So we have a suite of services, uh, you know, called the Azure Cognitive Services. And they're based on, you know, the research that Microsoft has done. And Microsoft has achieved human-level parity on many of these core capabilities, vision, speech, text, language, understanding. So what we've done in Power BI is we said, we don't need to invent this. Other people are doing that in Microsoft. But we want to take this and make it widely accessible to our BI base. So what we've done is we've integrated Azure Cognitive Services directly into Power BI. It's included in Power BI Premium. What it means is, let's say you have, um, you know, you're a hotel chain and you're analyzing your previews, right? Uh, which means that you can pick your um, uh, you know, customer uh, feedback column and just say, hey, analyze the text for me. Split it into the key phrases that matter. You know, score the sentiment, analyze the pictures, detect what the pictures are about, right? And all of this now becomes goes from unstructured data into structured data in your um, in your data model. Which at that point you can just use Power BI and you can analyze the data. You can see which hotels are being highly rated, which ones are being poorly rated. What are the things that customers talk about when they highly rate your hotel? What do they talk about when they look, you know have lower ratings, right? What kind of pictures are customers posting? You know, so these really help you keep tabs on your end-to-end system, your structured data, your unstructured data, and everything is focused on enabling uh, business analysts who don't have to write any code. It is just part of the user experience in Power BI. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing, you know, artificial intelligence come into play more and more. At the recent Microsoft Business Applications Summit, we we saw the release of AI Builder. What's your lens on it from a Power BI perspective when it comes to artificial intelligence and what you're going to see or leverage moving forward? Yeah, it's um, so our vision for um, artificial intelligence across the Power Platform is very comprehensive. Um, so for Power Apps and Flow, um, the AI technologies are built using AI Builder, which is really focused on end-user building, helping people build applications um, and automate business processes. For Power BI, um, the same technologies serve a different purpose. They help you analyze data, right? Um, and so both of us, you know, steal shamelessly from the same Azure researchers to the same Microsoft research team. But we try to uh, build experiences that are suitable for our audience. And so from the Power BI team, 
Uh, we've added um, several new capabilities that really have gotten customers very excited. The first is um, the ability to build automated machine learning models directly in Power BI. And uh, essentially what um, uh, a customer can do is they can look at your data, they can say, hey, here's the outcome I want to predict. Power BI will analyze all the features and recommend which features to consider, right? Um, you can accept a recommendation or you can tweak it. Uh, and then you can ask Power BI to go build, you know, a binary classification, um, you know, uh, uh, a forecasting model, etc. And Power BI will do the work behind the scenes to build an automated machine learning model, and it will say, "Hey, this outcome that you're predicting, trying to predict, is just a new column in your table." And by the way, as new data comes in, the model reruns to make sure that. Um, you know, you have the prediction available to you at all the time. And this automated machine learning capability is not something we invented. It's something that the Azure team invented. But we have really built experiences that make it very, very easy for a business analyst who's not a data scientist who won't use R or Python, uh, but they can use Power BI and our drag-and-drop experiences to create. So that's been very, very exciting for customers. Another capability is uh, we introduced this thing called an AI visual, right? And this is really interesting because one of the things we realized is that it, a lot of people don't understand the concepts in AI, but they understand business. So the first AI visual we share, shift is something called the key influencers. So what it does is it's just another visual in Power BI, although a little bit more sophisticated. The data science just blurs into the background, right? But it allows you to go understand very quickly and very visually what drives an outcome that you care about. So back to our hotels example, you can say, hey, Parvia, tell me what gets my customers to keep returning to my hotel chain, right? Or what drives customers to churn? And what Parvia will do is it'll analyze all the data using a logistic regression model, and it'll tell you that, hey, customers that purchase a spa visit are 2.5x more likely to return. But in the age group of 25 to 30, customers who rent sports equipment are, you know, 3x more highly to return, likely to return. Customers from you know who come for a honeymoon are not likely to return as much as customers who come for relaxation. So you know uh, all of this is very visual, and the data science just blurs into the background. It's really not about data science; it's about driving business outcomes, and that has been enormously popular for both our business analysts and our business users. So those are the areas that we're investing in. Again, using technologies that Microsoft has invented elsewhere. So good. So let's talk a bit, a bit about customer stories then, as in, um, you know, we've, we've slowly moved into that space. Can you tell me, or give us some examples of some, you know, really outstanding successes you've seen come about using Power BI? Sure. Um, one of the exciting uh, stories we've had is about, um, you know, the Heathrow Airport, right? Um, so London Heathrow Airport um, uses Power BI to be able to manage the whole airport, to get end-to-end visibility of the operations, and keep the hundreds of thousands of passengers who come there every single day moving on time. Right? So they use... Um, Power BI reports, they run these Power BI reports against an Azure data stack. They have data coming from, you know, many different systems in, you know, in, in the Heathrow Airport that integrate to provide these experiences. And they are, I think they have some about 75,000 employees that can have access to these uh, um, analytics so that they understand the state of the airport. They understand whether um, uh, passengers are getting from point A to point B on time. They can understand the bottlenecks. They can do their planning. They can see how... You know, the plan, the uh, results today at this minute are different from their plans, what the potential bottlenecks are. So it's a great example of a customer using Power BI, but also a customer benefiting um, from the rest of the Azure data stack. Um, another example in the Netherlands is um, a customer 
customer called Shubi. Um, Shubi is um, the largest fashion retailer in the Netherlands. And they use Power BI to be able to track uh, inventory in their different stores. And they actually use their automated machine learning technology. Um, so you use it to predict the, you know, what inventory they need on, uh, on a per store basis. And it's a pretty compl complicated problem because they have thousands of inventory items. And as you can imagine, in fashion, things change very quickly. Um, so they can you know, use Power BI as well as their machine learning technology to be able to predict and manage inventory. Yeah, yeah. One more. Give me one more. <laughs> one more. One more. Uh, another customer that's really exciting is a customer called Medtronic. Um, they're the world's largest medical device manufacturer. Um, they have, um, you know, um, um, uh, presence pretty much in every country. They have about 100,000 employees. And uh, what they use uh, Power BI for is to optimize their supply chain. Um, so this is an example of where they actually use our key influencers visual um, to be able to understand what drives products to be out of stock, right, to be uh, back-ordered, right? And they have uh, something like 2 million product and location combinations, right, because they have a large product line. They have lots of different locations in which these products need to be um, stocked. And they really need to understand where, um, you know, where they, uh, what are the systemic issues that drives products to be on back order. And, you know, with products on back order, it's a really bad thing because customers are very unhappy because they have to wait. And from a, uh, you know, from a Medtronic's perspective, it not only differs revenue, but sometimes they might lose the deal altogether because somebody else has something that's available to a customer. So they actually use our AI visual, um, the key influencers visual, to be able to keep track of the supply chain. Yeah, so good, so good. So just looking at resources right now, as in for, for people maybe listening here, how can the layperson get hold of Power BI today? You know, it's very easy, Mark. Uh, all you go to is powerbi.com, and right there you will be able to download Power BI Desktop. You know, it should take only a minute or two, um, you and you, you know, you, you're productive right off the bat. Um, you can sign up for the Power BI service. It should, you know, be less than a minute for you to be able to do that, and that's pretty much all, all you need to do. You can download Power BI Desktop. You don't have to pay us a thing. You can sign up for the Power BI service. We offer a 90-day free trial. We also have our personal version that's free forever. Um, and, uh, you know, all the training content for Power BI is directly posted on PowerBI.com. So under Power BI, you'll see a learn section and you'll find that um, all our training content is there. And as you get, uh, you know, deeper into Power BI and you get um, familiar with IT technologies, you should probably just watch our blog because, you know, we uh, ship new features as we talked about every single week. So our blog is kind of where we keep uh, our customers up to date. And then the last one is ideas.powerbi.com. So if you want to tell us what, you're, um, yeah, what you want us to go build, that's a great place to go do it. And over a quarter million of our customers have either created new ideas for, that they want us to work on or they voted for ideas. And we pay a lot wow. of attention to what customers wow. tell us to do. Man, those are some incredible numbers. What about partners? What partners out, you know, do you see, or what are the success patterns you're seeing from partners that are really growing strong Power BI businesses, analytics businesses, that type of thing? Um, and and do you think there is space for new partners to come into into the market here? Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked me this question. So I'm going to divide partners broadly into two buckets. Um, so let's start with you know systems integrators, right, or, or uh, value-added resellers, and we see um, a lot of opportunity for um, uh, for, for SIs and VARs with Power BI because the demand for Power BI talent 
far outstrips the supply today. Um, so one of the things that we've been doing directly from engineering is helping build a very, very strong partner ecosystem. Um, so you can sign up to be a Power BI partner directly on PowerBI.com. So if you're a SQL Silver partner, if you're an Office 365 partner, you should really consider doing that because a lot of your customers already have and are using Power BI today. Um, what we do is we um, do a lot of um, work to enable you. So there's Power BI trainings you can take, there's Power BI certifications, but there's also direct engineering to partner connections that happen on a weekly basis. So my team does weekly webinars where we have engineers and product managers um, talk about the features that we've built, talk about how customers are using them, talk about frequently asked questions, you know, talk about where we're going to invest and what features are coming out. And that happens consistently every week and has been going on for more than two years. So you feel really connected into the engineering team. We also help you um, drive leads into your business. So we started something called the Dashboard in a Day program, which is um, you know a very large-scale program um, now. It's, I think we had, some, had something like 700 uh, Dashboard in a Day events last fiscal year, which for us, as you know, ends in July. Um, we had over you know 20,000 customers who spent a day with a partner in a Microsoft facility, right? 20,000 customers, a whole day. And the demand for this event was mostly driven through in-product experiences. It was not something where salespeople called the customer or the partner called the customer, but 70% of the customers in the room were invited by you know, in-product experiences in Power BI would say, hey, I know you're using the product. There's a dyad event by this recommended partner in a Microsoft facility. Would you like to attend, right? And this has been very popular with customers because it allows them to get a day of free training on Power BI. Um, it's been very popular with partners because they get 20, 30 customers in a room and they get to really build a relationship with them. So we had about 20,000 customers go through it, but we had about 50,000 customers register. So even though we had this you know, 700 events, we could only accommodate less than half of the demand. And this runs in 28 different countries. So huge focus on our system integration partners and our bars. The second bucket is ISVs, and there we've had a phenomenal amount of momentum as well. One is Power BI Embedded allows you as an ISV to embed analytics into your application, right? So, you know, because if you're using, let's say, um, um, our Dynamics 365 for sales, you might just want the analytics, right, to be part of your um, application and not have to go install anything or configure anything, right? So over 3,000 ISVs now today have uh, Power BI uh, embedded in the application, and it's just part of the application experience. In that case, Power BI is just another Azure service, right? Um, we also uh, have a very strong uh, partner program at our custom visuals. Um, so Power BI opened up its visualization stack early on, so now we have several hundred visuals that have been built by ISVs and shared with the community. Some of them are free, many of them are monetized. So these are high value visuals um, that um, you know, uh, are uh, essentially create an ecosystem around Power BI. And the last one for ISVs is something called um, Power BI template apps. And this allows ISVs to build their application and deploy them and make them available to Power BI customers on App Source, right? So if you want to create an, uh, an analytics app that runs in the context of Power BI, connects to data sources, builds reports and dashboards, it could be your application, you know, so you're making this available to your customers, or it could be half value that you're providing for third-party application that you intend to monetize. So that's been uh, something that we recently launched, only about three months ago. Um, now we have, I think, something like about uh, 60 or so apps already uh, on App Source, and that's growing quickly as well. So lots of opportunities for SIs, lots of opportunities for ISVs. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, from, from early on, the custom visual element of what you could do has always been very impressive. 
You know, there's really only imagination is the limit in a way in, in what you can visualize. Totally. I mean, people do such creative things. One of our yeah. really good partners, um, Zebra BI, which is a, uh, was based in Slovenia, they these beautiful financial uh, um, visuals that customers really love. We have another partner called ValQ that created an entire planning system using a custom visual framework. And that's been really popular as well. So people do some incredible things. Mm-hmm. So what about consultants? So we talked about partners. We talked about the, the, the individuals that want to use it in their organization. What about consultants? What part do they play, um, uh, if you like, in, in getting up to speed themselves, also kind of enabling this kind of data culture and playing their part in, in, in using the technology to drive you know, business outcomes? Yeah, um, um, so part, for consultants, you know, Power BI has been um, a, a huge opportunity because their customers need so much help, right? Um, so all of these enterprise BI projects, you know, the ones that create these semantic models, the, the ones that create operational reporting, the ones that customers roll out to a specific department or, you know, work group or sometimes organization-wide, these are ones that require some careful engineering, right? These are not things that you would just quickly um, build up and then share with, you know, five of your co-workers, you know, so these are more enterprise BI projects. And that's a massive opportunity for consultants. And typically what I see is that the consultants were very familiar with SQL Server and Azure Data Services have a huge advantage because every Azure Data Services project, every SQL Server out there ends up, you know, as being a potential um, um, data source and opportunity for analytics and BI and an opportunity for Power BI. So, we're seeing a ton of traction with um, uh, uh, with consultants, and what I would recommend is again just go to you know powerbi.com. We have not only basic content to get started, but advanced content. So we have detailed white papers. We have you know technical reference guides. We have security papers. Um, you know our blogs keep you up to date on everything that's going on. You know, we have um, our community section where we have lots of, um, you know, added discussions uh, with um, community members about, you know, different technical topics and my team engages directly. We also have user groups. And this is, a, you know, I think we have something like 250 user groups, again, on PowerBI.com right now worldwide. And they're growing quickly. It also gives, uh, the user groups gives uh, consultants an opportunity to connect with local customers, right? So have pizza and beer on a Friday and then, you know, meet your local customers and share some fair insight with both relationships. And it also fosters a sense of community. So, you know, um, we uh, see lots of opportunities for consultants to engage in Power BI. I love it. What's the, what's kind of the big Power BI event of the year that's a must attend if, if you're working in the space? You know, the next one is Ignite, um, which is coming up in November. Uh, I think November 3rd or 4th this um, uh, year. So it's Microsoft's biggest, um, you know, customer conference. Um, we're going to be there in full force. So you have lots of people from the Power BI uh, team there, uh, specifically from engineering. And we have some pretty cool announcements planned. So, you know, if, um, if you're thinking about attending Ignite, I'd highly encourage it and would love to see you there. Excellent. What about Power? Uh, sorry, what about the Microsoft BizApp Summit? Is that the other key event of the year? It is. Um, it is um, the premier uh, event for the for business applications, and I think next year we just had one, so it just wrapped up in June. That's right. Yeah. Um, the next one, I believe, is um, is a little bit earlier next calendar year. So I think it's around April or May. Um, so yeah, um, if you're interested in business applications, please attend the business application summit. So that's, I would say it's in California, are, isn't it? California. That's right. You're summit. right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's in California. Um, so huge opportunity for um, us to meet with, uh, with customers. And one of the interesting things of the Business Application Summit is we have 
a lot of our engineers there. So um, something like about, um, I have, I think, about 120, 130 engineers attend the Business Application Summit. So um, you can meet all of them. They're there to talk to our customers, answer all of your detailed technical questions, and then tell us a thing or two about what you'd like us to go build. So one last question I have before we get onto some quick fire questions to wrap up, and that is, if you look at the next five years, um, which is, you know, the the close but distant future, what do you see changing in an industry? You know, I think um, a couple of things. One is I think, you know, everybody is realizing that uh, BI is a cloud first place. So I think five years from now, the concept of BI and the cloud will just be synonymous. Um, the second is AI is going to have a huge role to play to help customers, you know, sort through and analyze the data. And the third is that, you know, the concept of moving from insight to action to automation is really, really powerful. And it's very early stages from a BI perspective. So I think that's going to really, really resonate. Awesome. It's been fantastic having you on the show. A couple of quick fire questions for you. What's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Oh, that's a good one. I think the, <laughs> one of my mentors told me that, uh, you know, be bold and be willing to take some chances. Because uh, I think uh, in a lot of big companies, I think people are sometimes a little bit too afraid uh, to make mistakes. And, you know, coming from a startup myself, you know, it feels like there's just so much opportunity. And it's, you know, so I, I think I would say, hey, don't be, the best advice I got is don't be afraid to take risks. I love it. If you could relive one moment in your life, which would it be? I think it would be some of the very early days of my own startup because I was okay. like 23 years old and I was very mm -hmm. scared and, you know, I figured things out. What are you currently learning? Uh, uh, every every day I spent a lot of time uh, on community and on Twitter because um, I learned so much from our customers and our users. So, you know, it gives me a lot of energy uh, to just read about what they're tweeting about, what they're blogging about, respond and engage with them. So good, so good. Who do you recommend as a guest for the show in the future? Ah, oh, good question. Um, I would definitely recommend Amir Nets. Um, he's uh, the CTO of Power BI. Um, mm -hmm. He's spent more than two decades in BI. He's a visionary. I think he would do. Um, he would have a ton to share. I think we'd be very excited to have him. Excellent. I'll get you to, to introduce me to him if you could. That that would be great. Um, Arun, it's it's been fantastic to have you on the show. I've learned so much. I uh, didn't get to all my questions, but before you go, if people want to connect with you online, maybe Twitter, LinkedIn, something like that, what's the best place for them to find you? Sure. Uh, it's Arun Bulag, A-R-U-N-U-L-A-G on Twitter. So that would be the best way. Um, thanks so much, Mark. I really, really enjoyed the conversation. I really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for listening. Remember, the show notes can be found at nz365guide.com forward slash 116. We'll cover everything from the, the, the various resources and assets that will be provided uh, for you to review. Anyhow, I'd love to get some feedback from you. If you enjoyed the Power 365 show, I would love it if you could leave a review on iTunes or, or Google uh, Play, whatever podcasting tool you use. I'd love to hear some feedback. Tell me if the, uh, if the guest we're having on is the right fit for you or if there's any other guests that you'd like to see come on the show uh, from Microsoft. Anyhow, have a great week and we'll see you next time.